Just before I start, I'm going to turn that on. But I do want to mention, uh, just a clarification, the small group sign-up Sunday is, in fact, the third, as Pastor Joel said, not the 23rd, as the slide said. So, Sunday, February 3rd, plan to be here. Crucial, crucial opportunity for our lives individually and for our life as a church. Would you bow your heads? We get this morning to focus our thoughts on the precious Word of God, the Bible. I want you to, in your own words, in your head, in your heart, ask God to do exactly what He wants to do in light of what we will hear together this morning. We open our hearts now, Lord, to your word, and we open your word to our hearts. The video we just watched makes reference to 2020 goals. Those specifically are uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, Canadian-wide, international-wide goals related to church planting and multiplication, a fellowship of which we're a part. And yet there is much, as you heard, in that video that, that has to do with our own spiritual growth as disciples of Jesus. I loved what somebody prayed in our 9.40 a.m. prayer circle this morning. That we would be, they prayed this, that we would be a church that would be willing to go deep. This, this is where that happens. In community with others is where that happens. Psalm 1 is what was, was referenced in that video, and that takes me back to when I was an elementary kid, and probably younger, uh, but certainly in my elementary years and junior high years, sitting at the table after supper to spend time as a family reading portions of Scripture and, and, and praying together. Was I always excited about sitting there after I ate to do that as a kid? No. Let's be honest. I know that just shocks you, but it's true. My mind would wander. I could hear sometimes the kids, or I knew the, my, my, my neighbor friends were out uh, riding their bike, or I was going to be late to the kick the can game, or whatever it was. Oh, man. And yet God did something in my heart in those years. I know it. I know it. And I'm grateful, I'm thankful that I, that I have that in my upbringing. Bible memory was a part of those family times on occasion. And Psalm 1, again, was a psalm mentioned in the video. Uh, it was a psalm that we learned together and it sticks with me to this day for which I'm grateful. Because that psalm, as many of you know, reminds us that, that we will be blessed if if, if, first of all, we don't listen to the counsel of those who give it from a perspective that, that leaves God out of the picture, it says it more concisely as the ungodly. But, but rather, instead of doing 
that. And there's lots of places in our world and on the internet and otherwise that we can find counsel for our lives. And I'm not saying some of those things are, are bad. But the Scripture says, Psalm 1, says we as Christ followers will be blessed if we don't listen to that counsel that leaves God out, but rather if we delight in God's truth. Because God's truth, the Bible speaks to every aspect of my life and your life, truly does. It reminds me that as I meditate on God's Word, which simply means ruminate, think about, prayerfully ponder God's Word, even, even a phrase, a verse. I've had times where my time in God's Word in the morning is is one verse because it's, I'm drawing so much out of it and it's where I am at life, in a season of life and God brings me to this place in Scripture at that day that I just, it's not always about reading lots, although that's good too. But it reminds me, Psalm 1 does, that as I meditate on God's Word regularly, as I, as I thoughtfully and prayerfully process all of what He says about, about who He is, about who I am, about who I am in the body of Christ, about the gifts He's given me, or as, I, as I take all of this truth into my mind and into my heart and allow it to transform and shape slowly sometimes, much more slowly than I would like sometimes, but allow God's truth by the work of the Holy Spirit and my commitment to you know, journey down that challenging path of transformation sometimes. To shape, to shape how I think, speak, and, 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 and live. Psalm 1 talks about that. Psalm 1 talks about being like a tree planted by rivers of water. In other words, like a tree that has no shortage of nourishment. A tree that is strong to withstand the greatest storm that life can bring. And some of you are living that right now. So this... It's very applicable stuff. Psalm 1. I want you to stand and read out loud together with me Psalm 1. So right now stand, and uh, I don't think I have it on the monitor here, so is it there, the first, uh, the first verse? Let's read out loud together. And when it says man, it's a reference to mankind. I need to say that in this culture. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You may be seated. 
I have the privilege this morning to have a little chat with this gentleman, distinguished gentleman. It's my dad, for those that don't know. Welcome Mel Jenkins to the stage. Have a seat. Um, uh, as I alluded to already, I grew up uh, in a home where I had the privilege of, of seeing firsthand uh, Christian life lived out. And my dad, uh, I respect the exemplary way he, he lived out his faith and was not a different person. Um, he, he was, I grew up in a, a pastor's home, which can bring some weirdness to, to us, you know. Um, didn't always appreciate that necessarily, but grateful for that, of, of course, now. But, but especially in that role, to, for me to be able to say he, he was the same Christ follower who loved God and loved His Word in any context, whether he was at home or in church or just around the community. So I'm, I'm privileged and, and honor you, Dad, for that. And uh, my, my mom passed away just over two years ago, two and a half years, coming up to three in March, actually, for those that don't know, and, uh, and she, she loved the Word of God as well. But I uh, wanted, wanted to ask, and, and I probably know a good amount of the answer to this, but for our church family to be able to hear, where did this love for uh, God's Word come from, or, or what contributed to that, uh, even as you grew up, or through the years as well? My, my dad um, was not raised in a Christian home. They didn't teach the new birth. Mm. In fact, they did not even, his religion at that time did not allow a Bible in the home. Huh. So I look back mm. when I was a young boy. My dad was still relatively a young Christian. And uh, he read the Bible a lot at, late at night mm. himself. He read a Schofield study Bible, and there's a lot of comments there. And he was quite interested in the Revelation. I remember him talking about some of his reading. But my mother also loved the Bible and had great respect for it. She baked bread every week, maybe twice a week, I don't know. And uh, she'd knead the bre bread, the dough, put it up, and then there'd be a time where it would rise again. She'd go sit down, snatch up the Bible, and read for a while, or maybe drop on her knees in prayer. I can still see those incidents. And I remember that on the occasions that I was in the, the, their home as a kid in Coaldale uh, in Alberta, southern right. Alberta. That's right. Yeah, very cool. What, and, and what a rich heritage. And, and, and not all of you have that. But you know, now you can... You can change that trajectory, as we, as we heard that your dad did, um, which is so cool. And now generations, generations are changed when we make decisions like your dad did as a, as a young adult coming to Christ, right? And engaging with, with God's Word in, in that meaningful way. Talk briefly about your, your own pattern of reading God's Word over the many years as a, as a Christ follower yourself. Well, we read the Bible together in family devotions as well, but... Uh, my mother expected us to read the Bible privately. And more than once, I can remember her saying to either myself or a brother or sister, as they're going out on our way to school carrying our books, 
did you read and pray this morning? Mm, checking Just in. Just a little <laughs> reminder. I can see Grandma doing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. <laughs> and uh, and she really meant it, too. Mm-hmm. And so that lodges with you. Yeah. And so I, I read... I read the Bible all the way through my teen years, but starting when I was 19 years of age, this, these are things I know for sure. I read the Bible through once every year, hmm. wow. through for many years, and then as I got busier, I just felt I needed to read it more, and I read it twice a year, sometimes three times wow. a year. And so just this last week... I, I don't even know if I knew that part of it. Wow, yeah. that's... Uh... That's inspiring. Just this last week, I just finished reading the 110th time since I was 19. You've logged it. Yeah. That, very cool. Well, I, yeah. I, wow. Wow. Somebody cool. will say, well, mm. how can you do that? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's food for my soul. Yeah. You eat potatoes and gravy and meat. I sure do. Not just <laughs> once. <laughs> you eat it over and over again. Nothing's different about the word. Mm. Cool, cool uh, image there. What, what would you say to someone who, who may be a new Christian or, or someone who's been walking with Christ for a long time and hasn't established that, that, that pattern, that life habit, if you will, of reading God's word? And what would you say to them about, about the importance? I mean, you've touched on it already here, but, you know, of, of making it a priority in their daily life. Well, I think uh, it's, it's an act of the will like anything mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. I started, years ago, started uh, writing in the back of my Bible uh, the date I began to read it and the date I finished. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'd start reading it over the same day I finished, but mm-hmm. I'd, I'd log that in cool. the back. Neat. Neat to have that record. And uh, thank you for, for sharing a little bit of yep. uh, your life in that journey with us this morning. God bless you. Thank you. key thought about engaging with Scripture is this. Spending time in the Word of God is primarily about getting to know Jesus better. It's primarily about getting to know Jesus better and deepening our walk with Him. It's about spending time with Him. I'd like to read uh, three paragraphs from our uh, 2019 Bible engagement plan uh, that for some years now we've made available just to encourage engagement in the Word of God in all of our lives together. Um, And if you don't have one yet, many of you do, we've given them out, and they're online as well. You can get a, a digital copy, but at the end of the message, as part of our response, for those that don't have them yet, they're, they're laid out across the front for you to come and, uh, and, and come and get one to take home with you. So, reading from here. We have a Bible engagement plan available to the Eaglemont Church family, or we have made it available for several years in a row. God places a very high priority on His Word and uh, a believer's obedience to it. Faithfully spending time in God's Word is one of the key factors in having a growing and vibrant spiritual life, filling our hearts and our minds with His truth in a posture of surrender will deepen our relationship with Jesus and lead us into a more purposeful and fulfilling life. We hear sometimes a lot about, uh, you know, purpose, fulfillment. Those good things, 
And God has a plan for that. And it's here. And then continuing in the, uh, the uh, Bible engagement plan reading, I highlight there in John 5, 39 to 40, eh, and 40, Jesus spoke this to the religious leaders who definitely knew the Scriptures, and they were very proud of that. Jesus said to them, You search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. His, his point was, you can know the Word and not know the author. And it's in knowing the author that eternal life is a gift given, right? And, of course, knowing the author in an ongoing relationship-building kind of way comes in a, a, a significant way from engagement with the Word, of course. But Jesus says, you search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Reading on, as we daily engage with God's Word, we must remember we are coming to Jesus to spend time with Him. Not so we can tick the, did you read your Bible box? The Bible tells us, or the Bible helps us get to know Jesus better. Spiritual maturity and character transformation are outcomes that the Holy Spirit will bring to our lives as the Word of God is consistently and intentionally planted, again we say it, in our hearts and minds. Engaging with the Bible together as a community of Christ followers will also lead us in growth in the mission that God has put before us as a local church. And three categories of that mission statement that you see above the door as you walk in. Knowing God. Colossians 1, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better, Paul said there. Loving people. In 1 Thessalonians 3, Paul writes, may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. And then serving the world, Galatians 6. So let's not get tired, Paul says, of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I've said it before, that's such a, a basic uh, mission statement. But if we all this year were to grow incrementally in each one of those areas, in our intimate relational knowledge of God and walk with Him, uh, an outcome of that is naturally loving people. We, we can't love people fully. Can't love some people without God's help, without God's love in our hearts. So let's be real, right? As we grow in our love and knowledge and relationship with God, loving people will become uh, an, a, a, uh, just increase in our lives. And then out of that, if we really love people, what do you do? You serve. You serve. You find ways to help. You go out of your way. You step into the inconvenient zone to come alongside somebody else that needs some kind of help and support. That, that's, if we all did that, just a little bit, each of those categories this year, collectively the, the, the impact is, I, I believe, would be absolutely phenomenal. And again, you'll have opportunity to pick these engagement plans up at the end today. As, as we pursue, and I'm assuming that that's your heart and desire, I hope it is, and if, it's, if it hasn't been, it can be today. It is, as, as my dad just said, it is, it's a choice. It's an act of the will. Today, I'm going to decide to step into this, to, to move this direction of pursuing a deeper and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Those of us who are Christ followers, if that is going to happen, we must grasp the reality that engaging with God's Word is, is non-negotiable. It's, it's a non-negotiable. As church leaders, 
you know, we, we, we can't read the Bible for you. I mean, your, your mom might ask if you did, which is a good question. But she can't, she can't read it for you. Oh, she can read it and make you listen, but you know what I'm saying? If, if it's going to get to our heart and, and reshape our lives and our minds, we've got to choose that. We've got to want that. We all must make the commitment, which I'm calling you today, and most, more importantly, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is calling us today to, to regularly dive into God's Word ourselves with an open heart. Sunday mornings, the teaching we have here as we gather as a body is obviously vital. It's it's absolutely biblical what goes on here, what we do here. It, it helps us move the same direction in, in common mission. However, again, I stress, for a personal deepening of our relationship with Jesus, as he referred to in John 5, our, our, our own systematic engagement with the Bible must be a part of our pattern of life. And no one can establish that, that crucial habit of engaging with God's written word, but you and I. Each one of us who desire to follow Christ and who want to live a Jesus-centered life must do what's necessary to cultivate spiritual, these spiritual habits of which engaging with the Bible in various ways uh, is. And, and that is really that term, engaging with the Bible, really has, it's a multifaceted thing, really. And if you're uh, interested uh, and have questions about that, I, I would love to, to dialogue with you. And, and there's certainly many helpful resources that are available. But, but what's necessary to cultivate the spiritual habits that, that will lead us to closer relationship with Jesus, that will, that will result in our, our, our hearts and our perspectives growing to be more like His, that will result in habits that will help us increasingly see the big picture of eternity, even in the midst of life's difficulties. But again, who's responsible? Who is responsible to cultivate the life-giving and life-transforming habit of reading God's Word? I am and you are. That's why one of the key points in our uh, core team uh, membership covenant is this very thing. Uh, at our core course 101 session, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see this and uh, put a plug in for that unashamedly. Uh, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, February 10th or February the 11th. Uh, save the date. If you haven't taken core course uh, 101, 75-minute session, uh, encourage you to, to uh, participate in that. But as a part of the core team, uh, our reference to church membership, uh, as part of that membership covenant, there's a variety of things, of course, you know, commitment to the, to the body and, and walking with Christ in a, in a faithful way and, and uh, uh, tithing to the ministry and what have Those things, are, of course, are part of a, of a membership covenant. But uh, one of the things, uh, one of the crucial things at the, near, the, there, near the end of that is, if I recall, it doesn't matter where it is, but it just simply says, growing spiritually is my responsibility. Because sometimes we can put that on somebody else. Sometimes we can put that, well, our, our small group leader isn't quite hitting it, or the, the pastor isn't quite hitting it, or, or well, my, my family is, is to blame for some reason, or, well, you know, no, no, my, my spirit, if, I'm, if I am to deepen my walk with Christ, it's on me, it's on me. 
Growing spiritually is my responsibility. And so what, what, what did all that look like in your life last year? We're going to take a few moments here in uh, quiet reflection. And for some of you, this might be uncomfortable, but that's okay. Embrace the solitude. You know, just came through Christmas. Well, hopefully you got some of that. Uh, solitude is, uh, is important, but uh, in our culture, uh, very... Uh, I would say uncommon. So in these moments, you, you, uh, when you came in today, you saw, I'm sure, a yellow half sheet of paper on your chair. So I want you to reach for that now. And I want you to think about, you know, what did all this look like last year? What do you want it to look like in 2019? And most importantly, what are, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to move this direction of engagement with God's Word, to make consistent interaction with the Bible a reality in your life. And it doesn't have to be big things. It does not have to be a big, huge step forward. Baby steps are okay. When, when you hear a great testimony like we heard, that seems so daunting. And yet I think that's doable. Last year, just if you're reading this, hold off for a moment. Look my way. Because this is important. Because I think sometimes people don't dive in to God's Word because it's just, it's so, yeah, there's things that are tough to understand. That's okay. That's okay. God will seed, God will seed by His Spirit what He wants to seed in your heart and mind as you are committed and systematically engaging with His Word and reading it. But this whole idea of, you know, well, it's, it's, it's too big a book. Well, no. If you start with wanting to read it through and it takes you two years, that's okay. If you're reading with an open heart to say, God, shape me, cause me to deepen my relationship with you, Jesus, then that's okay. Last year, my Bible reading consisted of, and this was one of the options in the 2018 Bible engagement plan, was uh, reading the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the uh, the accounts, the narratives, the historical narratives of, of Jesus' life while he was on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And I read Matthew repeatedly. And, and some of you have heard me say this, I think. But just as an example, um, 2018, I read from January to the end of March, Matthew. I can't remember how many times. Numerous times. Just kept just reading through. And then the next quarter of the year, read Mark that way. Numerous times. And then Luke and John, the same way through to the end of the year. And all along, as Pastor Jeff made reference to, and it's also indicated in the Bible engagement plan this year, uh, is the, the, just the multivitamin of, of, of the wisdom literature and reading either a, a psalm or a proverb in addition to that regular reading is just, is really rich. I mean, if you've never read the psalms through seasons of challenge and difficulty in your life, oh, please do. Please do. If you've never read the book of Proverbs when you're in need of, of relational wisdom or, or whatever, like just please do. It's powerful. So all that to say last year, that's what I did. And, and my reading was focused in, on those four books of the Bible of, of 66. This year, I am reading the whole Bible through in the year. And there's an excellent example in uh, the 
Bible engagement plans that are up here of how that can happen. Because starting in Genesis and just plowing through, you get to Leviticus. It's hard, hard. So Donald Whitney, and some of you have maybe read this in the Bible engagement plan already, author uh, Donald Whitney, he wrote a book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Excellent, helpful book to read if you're serious about wanting to grow this area of your life, the spiritual habits for spiritual growth. He said this, and I've done this a few times over the years because I read this many years ago. He said, I begin, when, when he reads the Bible through, start to finish, he says, he says, I begin in Genesis, the law, and Joshua, history, and Job, poetry, and Isaiah, the prophets, and Matthew, the New Testament, and read, he says, and read an equal, five categories, five sections, and read an equal number of chapters in each section. The great advantage of such a design is its variety. Helps to keep you engaged. It really does. And, and then the Bible engagement plan says this, but I'll read it. With 1,189 chapters in the Bible, reading five chapters a day, one in each of these five sec sections uh, will take you 238 days. So that leaves some wiggle room if you occasionally miss a day or for those days when you may only read three chapters or four chapters. So... Go for it. It's very doable. So I want you to take some time. You ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. In the next five minutes, in reflection time, with this sheet, and respond. I encourage you to grab a pen in front of you and uh, spend some time reflecting on this. Alone, but yeah, we're together, but alone. Okay? At the back, could we get a couple of lights on at least? I encourage you to take that sheet and spend time prayerfully reflecting on it and, and, and goal setting really. And, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It, just as an example, I wrote one sentence right now to question three on the sheet. I, I just said, it's written as a prayer, really. I, I want to daily experience your, in God, your encouragement, wisdom, strength, and direction in my life because of a consistent reading of your word. And, and I, I want to put that in my Bible and go back to that. That's my heart. That's my desire. And, and so many of you, that, that resonates, I'm, I'm sure. And that's what this is about. So I'm going to uh, uh, ask you to stand to your feet, and uh, if your desire is to take, step, to take a step, a step, as God leads you forward in your engagement with God's Word this year, I want you just to raise your hand as a sign of commitment to God 
and I'm agreeing with you for my own life right now, and I'm going to pray that all of us who have our hand reached out, just saying, God, I, I want to grow. I want to grow in my love for your word and my engagement with it. That's, a, that's as simple as a way as I can state it, but that's a, that's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. So God, I thank you for your precious word. We thank you for your word, your written word that you, that you saw fit to leave us that is sharper than any two-edged sword, as it says. It can just, just cut to the heart of issues. It can cut to the heart of, of our own thoughts and motives, as Hebrews says. We submit to that. We thank you for that because we need that. And Lord, I thank you for the expression of desire in this room right now. Collectively, it's so powerful, so powerful for the kingdom of God and for our own walk with Christ and for our own influence for you, Jesus, in our daily life. Thank you for the expression of commitment that each one of our making, an expression of desire to know you more through engaging more consistently with your word, O oh God. I pray that, Lord, there would be rich experiences, rich times of reading in the days and weeks and months ahead throughout this year and beyond this year, but, but specifically for this year. And if we fall off the wagon, if we, if we get off track for whatever reason, may, we know that your Holy Spirit will lovingly draw us back to, the, to these moments this morning of commitment. May your will be done you direct us into your word this year. Your will be done in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhood, in our church, in our community, in our nation. The outcomes are powerful. We thank you. We thank you. I pray for strength for each one that has reached their hand up today. Strength and follow through. Resolve. In Jesus' name. Amen.